This is what I need you to know. You may underestimate yourself and you may say, I can't do this, Lord. But God does not base his decision to call you on your blurry picture of yourself. God bases his decision to call you to do something on his clear picture of all that's inside of you. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Miles, welcome to a brand new, totally fresh, prayed about episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I am so excited to come to you guys today. We have so many amazing things to talk about. We are going to talk about how you underestimate yourself, and that's going to be coming up after the break. I also want to say we have just released a brand new website that I want you guys to be checking out because it's so great. My team works so hard on it. And I I literally told them thank you 562 times. Uh, They just did a great job. You can go to autumnmiles.com. Maybe you've clicked on autumnmiles.com and that's where you have gotten to the podcast right now. But we really worked hard on it. I'm excited about this new season. God is legitimately giving me new wine and new oil, which Joel talks about. We'll talk about that next week. But I want to talk to you about what God's doing in my life. And, you know, this is, I actually could put myself after the message, you know, when I say what God's doing in your life, because this is a huge prayers report. I actually have two. Okay. We pray for healing just like you do. We pray for uh, the healing of our kids, of our families, of, you know, our own selves. Uh, we're, we're just praying all the time for healing because, you know, when when something is wrong in your body, uh, it can be very devastating. Two of my children, Grace and Jude, have both had just really... I don't want, I don't want to give away like their dignity, <laughs> but they've really, really struggled. Jude, I think I've, I've been pretty open about the fact that he has, he has had asthma for years and he's really, really struggled with it. And Grace has had a couple of other issues that I just for her dignity's sake will not tell you. Uh, but we have been praying and we, they've been to all the doctors and all the things we've actually almost lost Jude a couple of times. Thank God for those amazing doctors in the emergency room that were able to give him the medication that he needed to just save his life. Uh, But we have, we've been praying for years for both of our children. Last week, in one week, you guys, this is like major, major, major. In one week, God healed both of them. And I want to tell you the story. (laughs) We've been praying for Jude forever. And I had a conversation with Jude And it was one of those intimate conversations that you have at dinner and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we realized in this conversation that he was asymptomatic from what he had been facing for years and years. It's not just asthma. There's other things. And in that conversation, I realized and my husband realized and Jude realized that what has ordinarily been an incredibly horrific season for him. He struggles in the summer 
and in the fall, uh, we just kind of sat down and realized that the last three years, we've not had to make a trip to the emergency room. We've not had to, you know, run him to the doctor. Um, He has been relatively very healthy in the last few years. And we just started to have this conversation. And I said, son, the Lord has drastically healed your body, drastically healed him. And we, we just took a minute to just sit and praise the Lord for his healing. My daughter, on the other hand, has had, had some issues for years and years and years since she was one. I remember we have taken her to every doctor, you know, to try to figure it out. You know how you do as parents and went to one doctor. We found out what was the problem and she went on medication for the problem And just very recently had a test to see what was going on in her body, if we needed to change the medication or anything like that. And what they found the first time they could not find anywhere. God has, I'm going to choke up, completely healed my daughter's body within a week, within a week. We have conversations of issues that they have had for years and years and years that, you know, you just kind of learn to just live with and tolerate. And the Lord comes in and he just does a very miraculous thing in both of their bodies. I'm overwhelmed because I feel like, Lord, (laughs) like, you ever, does the Lord ever work? And you're like, really? Are you really this good? Are you really this good? So I, as a mom, just want to say today, keep praying for those kids, no matter what it is. I know lots of parents that have lots of children that have things, asthma and, you know, all the things that, that you just, you don't want your child to suffer with. And then they do. And I just want to say, keep praying, keep praying, be like the woman in Luke 18 who went and just bothered that unrighteous judge keep praying, be relentless, show up before the Lord, pray for your kids. I don't even know how many times I have prayed for both of these children and their respective uh, needs, but it has been in the thousands, I'm sure. And the Lord has in one week, in one week, radically, radically answered the thousands of prayers that we have prayed. So I wanted to share that with you. I hope that that encourages you. Um, I know it has encouraged me. My husband and I have really chewed on that and thought about that and just thought in one week, how crazy is that? We, they've struggled for years, both of them since they were one with different areas. And, you know, we just got a clear test and we, my son is not struggling with his asthma anymore. It hasn't for years. So praise the Lord that he heals. He still heals. He still heals. Someone needs to hear that. He still heals. He is the healer. Anyways, back from the break, we will talk all about um, don't underestimate yourself because God wants to do something incredible with you. Okay, I will see you right after the break. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God then you've come to the right place. 
Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Okay, okay, okay. We are back. We are back, back, back. And I am so excited about this day. I want to just kind of speak to you. I always, you know, listen, I'm like a best friend. Okay. I'm, I'm the best friend and I really would love to sit down and have a glass of Diet Coke with you with extra ice. But if, if you don't like Diet Coke, you know, you can drink lemonade or tea or whatever. My heart is for you today. And it's very specifically for those today that have taken a hold, bit, chewed, swallowed, digested (laughs) the lie that you cannot achieve much for the body of Christ. We talked about underestimating Jesus. I think, I think we all do, you know, at times, uh, we talked about underestimating the Holy spirit and, um, Today, I want to talk about you underestimating you. Now, this is not like, I want you to really stay tuned for what I'm saying. What will happen in our lives is God will give us an ask, a task to do for his name. And we are the biggest barriers to that. A lot of times we will be the ones that push back on the Lord and we are the ones that say, this is too much. I am not equipped. I am not able. And I know you've heard some messages like this, but I want to put a different twist on this type of a message for you. I learned that God was all he said he was when I was weak. I learned, we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit being the help in our weakness. He is our helper and he helps us when we are weak. If you are weak and you need help, that's the perfect prescription for the Lord to come through. Okay. It's the perfect recipe for um, the Holy Spirit to come through and doing something amazing. We can also apply that same thinking to ourselves in this area as well. I want you to look at yourself today and I want you to just sort of evaluate who you are. Okay. A couple of years ago, 
I love, I, I really like to get new things, but the older I get, the more I like the old things. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, no, don't, don't change that because then I'll have to learn it. I mean, I'm really sounding old over here or, you know, don't, don't, I don't want a new cell phone because then I have to figure out how to do all the new stuff. And I, that challenges me. Okay. No, I don't want a new whatever because then I have to learn it. Okay. I just want to know how to do what's in front of me. And that is true with our TVs. I am not good. I am very technologically challenged. Thank God I married a technical genius. I actually woke him up in the middle of the night last night because I was worried about something. And he was like, Autumn, oh my goodness. And it like, like one click and everything was fine. That's how much I struggle with it. I know my weakness in that area. So, so we had this TV, you guys, for, for a very long time. Probably a decade. I don't know. A long time. It was a nice TV. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest TV of all time, but it was a nice TV. And guess what? I knew how to use it. <laughs> I still don't know how to work our TVs. I still ask Grace to come in and turn on the kids' TVs because I'm like, I don't know how to use this remote. Anyways, we had this TV. I liked it because I knew how to use it. And it worked. Like, it worked. It wasn't fixed. We didn't, uh, it wasn't broken. We didn't even fix it. So one day... I came in and to my dismay, the TV would not turn on. It had like blown up. Okay. Would not turn on. And I was so upset <laughs> because we needed a new TV. Right. And I was upset because I, that would mean I would have to learn something new with a new one. So we take this TV Eddie's like, Autumn, I cannot fix it because everything that breaks that I'm used to, I look at Eddie and I'm like, please fix this. You can fix it. And um, he's like, I can't fix it. It's first of all, it's way too old. And second of all, too far gone. So we throw away the TV. I'm upset. And we get this new TV, right? He brings in this TV. It's huge, whatever. We turn on a show. I think it was The Croods, that movie, The Croods. And we turn on this movie and it's like evening. We had gone. I think we got it at like Costco or something like that. Came home. We turned it on. And the... <laughs> picture was so vibrant you guys it hurt my eyes you know how the tvs have evolved over the years you know the tv that we were watching the picture was so dull it was not sharp it was not clear it was not any of those things we bought that tv like pre-technology era okay probably like in 2007 right so we get this new TV and I'm like, I am going to have to adjust to this new picture. And even to this day, you guys, it hurts my eyes a little bit. And we've had this TV for like four years. I tell you that story because the old TV is kind of how I see us viewing ourselves. Okay. We look at ourselves. We're used to what we know. We're used to what we can do. We are comfortable with what we've done, okay? We've been this way for years. And to be honest, when we look at ourselves, our vision of ourselves is blurry. It's not clear. We do not see through the filter that God looks at us and sees. He sees us like that brand new TV where you look, it's so clear, it hurts your eyes. 
Sometimes we have blind spots in our own lives, so we underestimate ourselves and we tell God no to do the asks of his will because we see blurry what he sees as clear. That was really good, you guys. This is what I need you to know. You may underestimate yourself and you may say, I can't do this, Lord. But God does not base his decision to call you on your blurry picture of yourself. God bases his decision to call you to do something on his clear picture of all that's inside of you. All those years um, watching that blurry TV, we miss so much. We miss colors. We miss, you know, even even movements, you know. It was blurry, but it was comfortable. I didn't even know that a clearer, brighter version of what we had was that much better. When we look at ourselves, we are looking not at the entire story. When God created us, he put things in us that sometimes he knows is there, but we don't because we can't see it because we're comfortable and the picture's blurry. He sees what we don't. So when he asks us to do something, a lot of times it is calling on gifts, abilities, practices, disciplines that we have, but we're so used to the old version and we make decisions based on the old version that we tell God no, even though he sees in us what if we would see, we would say yes to. I want to talk to you about this underestimating thing because I want to tell you this. God will never underestimate your ability coupled with his power. Do you know in you there is more than you see? Who would know that besides your creator himself? No one has that information but the creator himself. It's interesting. Sometimes I'll look at people and they'll be like, um, I can't ever do this. I hate it when people say that. Um, they'll look at me. I just can't. This is just the way that I am. And I'm thinking, you know what? You're looking at a really blurry version of who you are. I, even I can see gifts and abilities in people that they can't see. You know how you have that blind spot um, in yourself sometimes where my husband will tell me a lot of times, you have even believed a version of yourself that's not even true he told me a couple weeks ago he he came up to me and he put his arm on my I'm not going to tell you what he said because it was a private conversation but he put my his hand on my arm and um I was having like one of those days and he made a comment to me and then he said you don't even see that in yourself and it was so true I was like I know I feel like and he was like I know what you feel like but that's not accurate. 
My husband can see things in me that I don't see in myself. I can see things in him that he doesn't see in himself. And if we are just humans and we're not each other's creator, what can God see in us that we don't see in ourselves? This is why people are underestimating themselves. What is God asking you to do? If he has asked you to do it. It is because he sees the clear, brand new TV version of you that you need to be introduced to. I want to give you a couple of examples today about what I'm talking about. And I have so many, you guys, in my production meeting this morning, we just spent a long time talking through this. And I said, you know what? All of these are good. I mean, I wrote the, I wrote the message. All of these are good. But I uh, decided while we were having a conversation to streamline because I want to focus on um, I want to focus on three three stories where God was looking at them and all they could see was the blurry version of who they were. I want to start in Isaiah and I'm going to make this point to you. Um, Isaiah, my nephew is named Isaiah. He is my favorite prophet in the Bible, I will say. I'm in Isaiah all the time. Everything that he writes is like a warm hug because I know he was a prophet and he was speaking on behalf of God himself. Um, but his call is so interesting. And I, I want to read it to you. Maybe I'll read a little bit more because, because I'm cutting so much out of my message. Uh, Isaiah 6 says this, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. Sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him. Side note, um, Haven asked if there were animals in heaven like we saw at the zoo the other day. And I was telling her about the seraphim. (laughs) It was one of the funniest conversations I've ever had in my life. Seraphim is a creature in heaven that is made to worship God. And she was like, mom, I don't understand. There's eyeballs all over them. And I'm like, yeah, it's not awesome. She was like, no, that is so weird. And I'm like, you'll think it's awesome in heaven. Anyway, Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out. While the temple was filling with smoke, then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, I want to stop here. Here is Isaiah. He's about to be officially invited to be used by the Lord. He gets a vision of the Lord. And what does he say when he sees the vision of the Lord? He says this. Woe is me, for I am ruined. This ministered deeply to me when I read it in the context of what I'm about to preach to you. Woe is me, I am ruined. I am ruined. I am ruined. I am ruined. His reasoning was this. Because I am a man of unclean lips, I am ruined 
I am ruined. And I live with a people of unclean lips. I want to talk to those that are underestimating themselves today because they feel like they have ruined themselves. I feel the Lord on this today. Ah! Some of you guys out there are underestimating the possibility of being a great prophet Isaiah because you have ruined what you think is your future. Some of you have been crying out to the Lord and saying, I just can't because of this, the sin, this thing, this bad marriage. I can't because of this. And you know what that is. Isaiah's reasoning for not being used was his unclean lips. And it's very, very clear. But you insert why you are telling the Lord that you are ruined. If there is one thing that I hear at every single place that I go, when I go to preach, the feedback that we get is autumn, but you don't understand what I did. I have ruined my chances to be, I, I can, I literally cannot do what you're telling me I can do because of this. There is always a justification. There is always, um, someone that is, um, counting them themselves out and underestimating themselves. Why? Because they are underestimating the grace and the forgiveness of the Lord. Isaiah, if he would have stuck with this, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. Literally, (laughs) centuries later, I wouldn't be encouraged by what the Lord said through his very mouth. I am ruined. Isaiah was looking at a blurry old TV version of who he was. He knew what he was and he knew that he literally could not do what God wanted him to do based on that version of who he was. And I want to tell those of you out there that have said, I have messed up. I have screwed up. I have messed up my life. I've messed up my future. I've messed up my possi- uh, the possibility of God coming in and changing the situation. I am ruined. Let me show you what happened right after Isaiah said this. It, there wasn't even a hesitation. This is why I can preach. Stop underestimating yourself. God will never, ever, 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 ever underestimate you because of this one point right here. He said, woe is me. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Listen, nobody speaks. Nobody, nobody. The, the, literally in this vision, There is no God saying, well, you're right. You did ruin it. This is what nobody speaks. He acknowledges, hey, I'm ruined my mouth. I don't know what he did. Maybe he had a dirty mouth. Apparently he did. 
Nobody speaks. Action is immediately taken by the seraphim. Listen, then once he said this, I ruin, I'm a man of unclean lips. Then uh, one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. This is so beautiful. He touched my mouth with it and said, this is the first thing that was spoken after he said, I am ruined. Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Let me tell you something. That giant mountain of a thing that you think has ruined your whole life in in the throne room of heaven, it is a nothing. Let me let me tell you this. The Lord didn't even come and touch his mouth. The seraphim came and touched his mouth. There was no hesitation. No one looked at each other and said, "Oh, well, you're right. You make a really good point." Immediately as soon as he said, "I can't can't do this. I'm going to underestimate myself. I can't be used by this guy that this God that I'm seeing in this vision. The seraphim came in and took care of it. You're not ruined. You're just not. What you think has ruined your life is nothing for the power of God. He takes care of it period. He sees that version of you that's clear. All you see is the blurry. And he gave Isaiah the vision because he saw what he was going to accomplish for his name. The messianic prophecies that Isaiah said from his mouth are spectacular. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the government will be upon his shoulders. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. That came from this guy's mouth. He was not ruined. Then I heard a voice, verse 8. Then I heard, after the seraphim spoke, then I heard the voice of the Lord, whom shall I send, who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. You guys, you're not ruined, you can't. Nothing you can do has ruined anything that God wants to do for you. Now, we can make really dumb mistakes, but I'm telling you what, Isaiah acknowledged it and said, dude, my mouth is messed up and my people that I roll with are messed up and and he just left it at that. And then guess what? The seraphim came in and cleaned it up for him. Here's another guy. Love it. Love this. Love, love, love. Okay, let me get to it. Jeremiah, his buddy. The words of Jeremiah came to Hilkiah of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon. I'm going to skip down. Verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah is speaking, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now this is... God speaking through Jeremiah to Jeremiah. (laughs) Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, he's talking to him. I want you guys to understand something super interesting. God is saying, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations 
Then I said, alas, Lord God, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. What did he do? He said, I'm going to look at this blurry version of myself. I know you're saying you've appointed me a prophet to the nations, but I can't because I don't know how to speak because I am a baby. I'm a youth. Lord, you just don't understand. But the Lord said to me, don't you say you're a youth because everywhere I send you, you're going to go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord, what did he do? Just like Isaiah, stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I have appointed you this day over the nations, over the kingdoms, to pluck down, break down, destroy, overflow, build, and to plant. I can't do it, Lord. I'm too young. I don't know what to say. He underestimated himself. And when he underestimated himself, he also underestimated the power of God that was ready, willing, and stable to interject itself into Jeremiah's life so that he could be one of the greatest prophets that ever walked the face of this earth. You are not too old. I hear it all the time. I'm too old, Autumn. I've got too many kids, Autumn. I'm too busy, Autumn. I'm too young, Autumn. I'm just in high school. I just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. And she said, I'm just 16. I said, you know what? <laughs> Let me tell you about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, I'm too young. I'm too old. So many people are counting themselves out as if age is a barrier to King Jesus. It is not a barrier. You're not too old. Uh, you're not too young. You're not too anything for the Lord to step in and say, be quiet. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Every single person that I'm going to show you today, and we just have, uh, I think, one more, has tried to underestimate themselves out of service for the Lord. But the Lord stepped in and wouldn't have it because he saw the clear, vibrant, beautiful version of what he placed in them and his purpose for them. You're not too old. How old are you? I'm 75. Great. Do you know how old Methuselah was when he died? <laughs> to anything is underestimation of yourself. When you tell God you're to anything, it's almost like a slap in his face. Because timing is in his hands. He wrote time. He made time. He's on his timetable. His opportunity comes when he wants it to come, not when you want it to come. He speaks when he wants to speak, whether it be you're 14 years old or whether you're 74 years old. Time is in his hands. He can stop time. He can pause time. He can speed time up. Time is nothing to him. His plans will not be carried out on human timetables because they're irrelevant to his story and his glory. Stop telling the Lord you're to anything because when you say I'm to this, you count out everything that he is. I want to go to my next guy because I love it. My next guy is the guy that ran. <laughs> now the word of the Lord came to Jonah 
the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go. This is all he said. Like, this is pretty simple. Jonah's a pretty simple book. Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come before me. Listen, now, I, now I, I love this. Jonah didn't say one word. God says, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come against me. Verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So we went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. (laughs) This is like one of the best stories ever. Arise and go. Verse three, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Arise and go. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to get in a boat and go the opposite direction to get away from the presence of the Lord. I'm not doing it. He didn't even say that. Like, I like, could you even picture that story? Like in real time when it happened, Jonah arise and go to Nineveh, the great city. And as soon as he hears it, he just stands up, walks out of wherever he is. He walks down to the docks, pays the fare, and leaves the presence of the Lord because he wants nothing to do with it. Some of you guys have run, 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 run with no conversation with the Lord from what he asked you to do at one point. You've got, I want you to be a pastor. Okay, I'm going to get up, walk out of this room, walk out of your presence, and I'm going to go do the exact opposite of what you've asked me to do. I want you to, you know, speak to that person. Okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to leave. You just left. You completely abandoned the presence. The presence of the Lord is still wherever you were. You just got up and you just went in the other direction. It's so crazy because you would think that God would be like, dude. (laughs) And never use him again. And yet, even Jonah fleeing didn't stop what God had appointed him to do. Those of you that have left, this is another one I I get all the time. Oh, Autumn, you know, you don't understand. I like forsook my calling. I like forsook. Really? You really think that you have that much power over God that he can't put things back together for you? Do you, are you really, are we really that prideful? Have we really gotten to a point where we've been like, oh God, my actions are so so terrible. I left and didn't finish or whatever that you can't put it back together. Look at Jonah. He just left. He didn't talk. He just left. See ya. Peace. I'm leaving. And the Lord saw the clear version of Jonah. And he saw that Jonah was the guy. His message was like two lines and then like everyone repented (laughs) And Nineveh gave glory to God. I don't know what those two messages, what the people thought, but clearly they were pierced through the heart whenever he spoke. Jonah was the guy. I don't think Jonah thought it would be that easy. But Jonah was the guy because God saw what he had placed in Jonah and Jonah only could see the blurry version of Jonah. God is never, ever, ever, you guys, ever, ever going to underestimate you like you underestimate you. 
because he sees your weaknesses. He sees the fact that you think you're ruined. You're too old. You're too young. You're too this. You're too that. I don't have enough time. I don't this. He sees maybe even Jonah. You've forsaken him for a time and you've turned your back on him and you've gone and you paid the fare just to leave his presence. You just want to get out of his presence. And yet he's not intimidated by any of those things. God sees what he placed in you. And he sees the unabundant life that he wrote for you so that you could live abundantly, joyfully in the things that he wants to do through you. He will never look at you and say you're not enough. Because every mistake, every problem, every time that you've walked away are covered in his grace, in his power, in his goodness. I just have a heart for you today because I have been you a lot where I've looked at the Lord and said, but do you know? I can't believe you would use me even though I know. I'm very aware of a lot of my flaws. <laughs> do you know, Lord? And the Lord says, yeah, I know. I'll take care of it. And my power goes with you. So many of people in the Bible have the same thing. I could have gone to like 50 people, but I just want to let that hang for you guys today. I want you to opt back in. I want you to believe. Sometimes we have to believe by faith that God is going to make up the difference in our weakness. We have to sometimes exert more faith when it comes to ourselves than we do when it comes to other people, because that's how we see ourselves. And I want you guys to do that. Don't underestimate you because the Lord never will underestimate you. He sees what he placed in you even when you can't. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I love you. I love you today. I love I love that you see everything that we can be. I love that you're so good that you pull new things out of us. And introduce us to ourselves, sometimes much later in life. I love, Lord, that you don't give up on us when we give up on us. I pray for that person today, Lord, that is sitting and that is saying, I am ruined. I ruined it. That person that's saying, I'm too old. I cannot do that. I'm too young. I, can no, I can't be effective yet. I pray for that person that has walked away from the Lord and they're like, but he can't use me now. I pray that you would remind them your grace covers it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I love you guys. We're going to be back with a question and a story from you. I'll see you after the break. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, I have a question from one of you out there. How do you explain what childlike faith is? And why is it important to have this? Obsessed, I am obsessed with this. Thanks for asking. How do you explain what a childlike faith is? Why is it important to have this? Okay, childlike faith, the easiest way that I can explain it is um, Haven uh, two days ago, she had a headache, okay? And I went into her room and I said, what can I do for you? And she's like, mom, um, you know, I want some strawberries and I want some Tylenol and I want some whatever. And so I, she didn't ask for Tylenol. I gave her Tylenol, but, um, I got her needs. I figured out what her needs were. What do you need? Um, I went down to the kitchen. (laughs) I prepared what her needs were. And when I gave them to her, it was the most precious thing. I turned around to walk out of the room and she looked at me and she said, mom, thank you for taking care of me. And I like, like, oh my goodness, that just pierced my heart. Thank you for taking care of me. When we have a need, a childlike faith like Haven had in me is mom, I need this. Not one time did she ever think I was going to forget. She didn't ever think I wasn't going to follow through. She didn't ever think that my presence was going to get busy and move on to somebody else. She believed that when she asked me for something that I was going, even though it took me 10 or 15 minutes, I tarried a little. She believed that I was going to come back with the things that she asked me for. And when I did, she was very grateful. A childlike faith, the best way to show you is how our children trust us. That's why it is so important, moms and dads, to do what you say you're going to do with your kids because you are the first example of faith for them. Can they trust your word? Do you make good on your word? Because oftentimes I see adults that struggle with childlike faith. And the reason they struggle with childlike faith is because their parents never were faithful. Sometimes we struggle with childlike faith and we make it harder than it is because our parents didn't do what they say they were going to do. They didn't go get the strawberries and bring them back. They might have heard that you needed strawberries, but they never brought them back. They might have knew that you had a need, but they didn't meet it. And I find that people that struggle the most with childlike faith are people that have uh, things that have happened that have discredited the simplicity of Father God and we are his child. Even if you're 65 years old, you are still a child of God. And you've got to look at him as your father who sits 
knows your needs, listens to your needs, and there is a belief in your father that he will meet your needs. Look no further than a faithful parent taking care of their precious child. And their precious child believes that they're going to come back and they're going to meet their needs. That's what childlike faith is. When I um, started building my faith, even though I had been in church for 20 plus years, it was just like this. Okay, God, I am simply going to ask for something real easy at first because I didn't have (laughs) much faith. I still go back to this every once in a while. Okay, God, would you please answer? This is a need that I have. And when he answered, just because I thought I believed that he would, it grew my faith little by little by little. I think a lot of us, based on bad theology or maybe bad parent homes or maybe a a pastor has, has, you know, not to keep his word or, you know, whatever it is. It's a trust thing. And be careful at imposing a broken trust ideology onto a faithful, trusted God. Be careful doing that. Simply trust. And test God. Ask him. Can you show me you are faithful? And I'm telling you, he is faithful to show you. Okay. I love that question. We need to unlearn a bunch of stuff that we've learned over the years, even experiences that we have had with people. We impose them on a good God who is faithful uh, to us. Okay. What is God doing in your life? I love this. God strengthened my faith in him and myself through my husband's brain injury. This is intense. This is uh, this is part of our family, guys. And still continues to. I didn't think I could do it. And we are five months in and I am stronger than ever. So her husband had a brain injury and God is really coming through in her life and is strengthening her life, is strengthening her husband's life, strengthening her faith. And let me just say, we are praying for you. Um, I love these stories, how when a trial comes in and hits, it's so amazing how faith tends to grow rather than diminish in the believer that is truly anchored in the power of God. So I love the story. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back with you next week for a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. I hope this encouraged you today. Love y'all. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.